welcome back to another AXPX Diary. It's been a little bit. I've been on vacation, been relaxing, and it's been very much needed. So thank you for being patient and, and waiting for these. I, I do want to start actually keeping a journal. I finally found my old moleskin journal, and I'm going to try to be jotting things into it each day and trying to keep up so I keep these a little more organized. But today I kind of wanted to use this um, this time to kind of go through a couple messages I've received from people and read emails. And I figured that'd be a good way to explore some ideas and hopefully take those ideas into maybe into future episodes. But first I'll talk a little bit about my vacation. Because vacations are very much needed, especially if you have a family and a full-time job, it's good to recharge. And the first half of the vacation, my friend Brad Grout and his family, his wife Amanda and their kids came out for a little staycation here. Vacation for them, staycation for me. And it was good to kind of reconnect. Brad and I have a, an acoustic project called Icons and Angels that we had done in the past. And we started kind of, you know, we had the idea maybe we'd, re we'd record an album, but with <laughs> with kids, that's almost impossible to try to break away and, and do that. Just like with pot, with podcasting, I'm consistently interrupted. So, but we did connect and we did play around with some music and he's going to, I think, try to record at home and we worked it out so we can, you know, he worked out with the technology so he can put his demos and stuff into a Dropbox folder. We worked that out. So it was good for that, but it was just good to kind of reconnect and see them because I hadn't, uh, gosh, it's been probably 10 years since I actually, we, we'd hung out. And so it was, it was really cool. And then after that, uh, we went down, uh, they, they left and then I had a couple days to kind of get some work done. And then we went on a second kind of mini vacation to Coronado in San Diego. And that was great. I was able to, to sleep in when I could. I got a lot of reading done. I, uh, a lot of reading done. I was able to knock out a good portion of Peter N's book, how to read the Bible. And I was kind of posting certain things that I was read, certain passages and stuff, and probably getting confusing looks from certain people as they're checking their Facebook. I'm like, you know, what's Sean doing? And, but I, I absolutely love Peter N's perspective on the Bible. And that book is just really great. It's a good kind of introduction. And I've spoken about this before introduction into biblical scholarship. And I, again, I highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out yet. Then I got a couple more books. I got, um, Nadia Bowles Weber's book, Accidental Saints, and she's just fantastic. She's a, uh, a, you know, a pastor and, you know, tattooed. She swears a lot. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, so I read, read a few chapters in that and it's pretty good. And then I got a John Dominic Crossan book called How to Read the Bible and Still Be a Christian. So, I'm excited to jump into those. I've, I'm adding them to the to-read pile. I have a to-watch pile with movies and a to-read pile with books. One of these days I'll get to all that. So we did the whole 4th of July there. I, I you know, did a day nap. We did a lot of day drinking, which uh, which is fantastic. Um, to spend the, spend the day in a little, little, little buzz. Um, only all, That only happens on vacation. And, and in the area we were at, we... Um, we didn't have to drive anywhere, so, so you know, so you can 
sit out by the pool, pop open a, a beer, and the kids played by the pool for hours, and we sat and would just talk and just had a blast. You know, really, really good time with my wife and and her family. So, so that was my vacation, and then I'm uh, then I'm back, trying to get back in the swing of things. The newest, ep- uh, the newest episode in my um, series on feminism is up. And I'm, I'm glad with how that turned out. I was a bit worried because <laughs> I was when I was uh, talking to the Reverend Will, Reverend Will Gaffney. I was uh, I was so intimidated <laughs> by her knowledge and her scholarship, you know. Um, and uh, so it, I don't know if you can tell during that conversation, but I was just I was sweating. Um, so I was so intimidated and didn't want to say the wrong thing. I'm I'm always uh, want to you know. Uh, appeal to somebody's sensitivities and always, you know, I always, if you listen, if you've listened to the screamcast, I say the the wrong things all the time and it kind of gets, it's become kind of a running joke. <laughs> uh, it's a lot more loose conversation over there and, and, uh, it's, it's, th- that's a whole different animal than what I'm doing with the armchair philosopher. So the armchair philosopher stuff, I really try to choose my words carefully and I'm, I'm not, I'm just not as educated in this, in, in, in scholarship you know, in biblical study and that sort of dialogue at all. So sometimes I can get very, very intimidated by someone who's a guest and I'm working on it. It's something I really want to to try to really hone that skill of that sort of communication on a level above just bullshitting about like a movie or something like that. I want to be able to try to communicate my ideas, you know, at a, at a higher level and, um, that's, that's one of my goals. That's why I wanted to bring this podcast back. Cause I felt like that dialogue was missing from my daily routine. So I'm going to start journaling and hopefully once I start doing that, it's going to start, you know, coming back. But, um, as far as the show goes, there's, there's not a drought as far as ideas for interviews and stuff like that. I'm going to be doing a few more feminist episodes. I have a episode already recorded on uh, mimetic theory and monsters with the director of a documentary called hellbound. His name is Kevin Miller. And if you haven't, um, if you haven't watched the documentary hellbound, I highly recommend it. And you can go to hellboundthemovie.com and buy a Blu-ray from them directly. I'm not sure this was streaming on Netflix for a while. I don't think it's there anymore, but, um, but I love it. And speaking of, you know, the question of hell, uh, Rob Davis, who's been on the show, he has a new podcast that I want to let you guys know about before we move along here. I believe it's called Down a Notch, but I'm double checking that. His podcast is called Down a Notch. He spends the first episode talking about hell and he really goes into it. It's really great. I would uh, check that out. I like his perspective a lot. So, uh, what other news items do I have? Also, Sarah Terrace and uh, Lauren Larkin, their their podcast, Azer Uncaged. Um, they, or Sarah has another podcast called Fundyland Sees Red. So, if you want to check out more of her podcasting, um, check that one out too. Really good. All right. So, and as far as future episodes go too, I'm going to try to start interviewing people that I don't agree with necessarily people I have a fundamental uh disagreement with I'm going to try to have come on the show and for me that's like another step 
in my coming out of my shell, stepping outside my comfort zone. Um, as long as the person isn't preaching hate or anything like that, I think that's where I need to draw the line. If it's gonna or, or if they're gonna try to change my mind or change your mind, that's not where I want to go with it. I want to have grown up conversations about about certain topics. So the the first idea I had and what kind of spurred this on was uh there was the whole thing where uh, the author of The Message Bible, I forget his name off the top of my head, he had come on an interview and it was perceived that he was for gay marriage. And once the article came out about that in, I don't know, some Christian publication, uh, people went apeshit. And uh, even so much where Lifeway Stores was threatening to... to send back all copies of, of the Message Bible, and this caused a, a, a you know a lot of tweet storms, uh, a lot of people kind of praising him for saying you know for saying that, a lot of people condemning him for saying that. So the next day he comes out and makes a statement that he's always stood up for biblical marriage, whatever that is. That's a whole other podcast that I'll probably will get into someday. <laughs> but he came out and said that basically it was misunderstood. And, and whether or not he was misunderstood or taken out of context, I don't know. But the fact that the possibility of you know his books being uh, taken out of stores and him losing money based off of an idea or a personal idea and a personal interpretation of scripture, like that says a lot about this whole Christian industrial complex that has come up, this whole marketplace of, of Christianity, books and music and all that, where you can lose your livelihood if you come out with a idea that goes against the grain. We've seen this with Rob Bell. We've seen this with Jay Baker. And this like Christian Christianity should be um, something bigger than just one idea or a certain set of beliefs. I mean, the early apostles didn't all agree. Peter and Paul obviously didn't agree on many things. And if you read the Bible, and you can you can get to that conclusion based off there's you know you can look at inconsistent what would be inconsistencies or. Uh, in the ideas and tone and, and of in the Bible in the New Testament, but they didn't all agree, which is great, which is why it's it, the human experience is all about dialogue and communication and coming together and, and discussing ideas. But when you have a certain group of Christians in this whole mainstream Christianity that has uh, a marketplace in music and movies and books, and if you step out of line, you can lose your entire career like that's not healthy like that's that's not healthy dialogue and it's unfortunate that this whole thing came came you know this this whole thing played through within a day and so a lot of people were talking about that and there is a I'm, I'm not going to remember their names right now um, I know there are people I want to talk to but there is one individual um, who's pretty well known. He is, he's a gay, uh, he's young, he's a gay, gay man, and he is a Christian, and he has written some books and done a lot of speaking engagements, trying to change the dialogue 
about the focus on, you know, is, is being gay, uh, are you going to go to hell if you're gay or not? Like, can you be a Christian and be gay? Can you get married? Can, you know, is gay marriage uh, biblical? Like, all that stuff. And he's really helped change the dialogue. I really re- respect him a lot. And um, he had posted something, you know, about all this. And then there's another man, another author, who is gay, but like non-practicing because it goes against, you know, his beliefs and his Christianity, which is fascinating to me. So he's celibate, uh, but he is anti, he's gay, but he's celibate and anti-gay rights, (laughs) which is bizarre to me. But I know that there's that mindset out there. And then there's a mindset where if you're you know, if you're gay and you're Christian, you can't be gay and Christian. You need to basically uh, not be gay anymore. So there's this whole gay deconversion therapy or, or whatever. And so that extreme, I'm not sure if I can have a straight up just conversation with. This other guy who is gay but non-practicing but celibate and still a Christian and an author, <clears throat> uh, him I probably can talk to. Um, so anyway, I'm challenging myself. I mean, maybe I will talk to people that I vim. Uh, what's the word? What's the what's the what's the, what's the word? I can't talk right now. <laughs> what's the word? Uh, vehemently opposed. This is why I need to I need to work on my vocabulary. I get it, but I don't know. I, 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 this whole podcast hasn't been about debate. But I'm sure in the future I can not, maybe I would be able to talk to someone like that and at least hear them out and challenge their viewpoints. Uh, that's going to take a while. But but talking to someone I don't necessarily agree with, I think that's that's the next step in this podcast. Probably once I get into season five, I have a lot of things that I want to have play out throughout the rest of the year, and and then I'll start working on um, bringing in. You know, broadening the spectrum here of the ideas on the show and the people that I bring in and hopefully have a balanced look at a lot of different views. I know that I did that in the past with gun control and that was a really great series and I'm really proud of how, of how that turned out. So something like that. I'm stepping outside my comfort zone a little more and I think that's important. We all need to do that, but we need to grow. We need to, I was, I was going to say grow up, in a sense, we do because there's so many sides, so many people that want to be right or say that they're right about everything. And everyone is debating each other and everyone's trying to convert each other. But what if we just sat down in a room and conversed with each other and respected each other's views? Like, especially on, on social media, you know, I've seen so many people just putting their ideas out there. I do it too. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I do it too. And uh, attacking people for believing a certain way. And there's and and just on both sides they do it. And we see this in the political circles. And like I have always ended more moderate in, in every scenario. I'm not far left. I'm not far right. I end up in the middle on, on a lot of things, especially with faith. And, and especially with faith. So... I can never go all the way, you know, one way and not believe, but I can't go the other way and just blindly and enthusiastically believe, you know, that the fundamentalist Christian way of thinking is it. You know, I'm always I'm always kind of in the middle. But what if 
what if we all can just converse with each other and hear each other out? And that's something that I'm going to start challenging myself to do. And, um, you know, dialogue, dialogue ideas, bounce ideas off each other in love and not condemnation um, and see where it goes, you know? So that's my, that's my new challenge, I guess. And um, anyway, I'm rambling, but that, that's what this AXPX diary is all about. You know, me just kind of throwing ideas out there at, uh, <clears throat> and seeing what sticks. I got to thinking too, you know, um, with this podcast and with this, even with this diary here that I never have the same idea all the time. I, my beliefs, I feel like are always in flux, like always moving around and changing depending on the day, the scenario, uh, my mood. And, uh, it's, it's very interesting. I don't know how people can just be so strong in their beliefs and just, and you can just, they can just turn that on <laughs> and go full charge. I know certain people like that and I, it's incredible. And I, I really respect that. And I wish, you know, I wish that I had set foundational beliefs, but I think, I mean, my foundation is love and grace. And, uh, if what I'm reading, if what I'm seeing and, and if what I want to, if, if that's, you know, if everything is centered around that, then I'm all for it. You know, whatever your belief system is, if you're centered in love and grace, we can talk, we can hang out, we can be friends. And um, I guess that's where my, you know, my foundation lies and and everything else is kind of always in flux. You know, some days I really do believe in God, you know, and some days I really believe in Jesus as this Savior. Other days, uh, other days are, I, I, I don't know, you know. But I'm always, you know, I'm always going back to grace and love and the teachings of Jesus, which is a, which is a very important and very, uh, means a lot to me. So thank you all for being on this journey with me. I know there's, there's a few of you that are the patron saints and I uh, really thank you for, you know, for donating to this, to this and hope these ramblings mean something to you and help you in your in your journey and your ideas and and hopefully this spurs into more conversations down the line and I know a lot of this will end up being refocused into full-on podcast episodes which is why I'm doing this but um less rambling next time probably I'm gonna true I'm gonna really start to journal oh here's what I was gonna do I was gonna read a couple things so before we go I want to read a couple messages I got and, um, it's always good to hear from people. I get some feedback here and there on, on Twitter and everything, but, um, I got one here. Um, this is an, um, a neighbor of mine. Her name is Christina and she found out that I was doing this podcast and she, um, I want, I, she messaged me a while ago. I was asking for people's, you know, stories who have come out of, you know, more of a fun, a fundamentalist background or, but and they're, you know, I was asking for people for their own, you know, to sum up their faith journeys and for, I was trying to get voicemails, but she sent me this and it never made it into the podcast because I was doing more audio, but I've always wanted to kind of get to this. Um, she writes, after my dad committed suicide, I was 13 at the time and went to my youth group who I loved more than anything. They were all my friends and, uh, and my youth pastor. They said my dad went to hell. 
I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that my God would punish someone who was hurting bad enough to take their own life, a good man, a police, a, a police officer. I never went back to the church. I lost contact with those people, and I questioned my faith. I have my own relationship with my God now, who is forgiving, only love, and that's my story. So she's, she's great. Um, she's a wonderful woman and um, really strong woman, and, and, but I really valued that, um, that message from her. So we got another one here. Um, it's just cool kind of hearing people's stories. You know, um, we got an email, and I'm hoping to have him, this guy on the podcast. So here, the podcast will probably get to his story more. But um, this is Marshall. His uh, his podcast is Brewlosophy. <laughs> so I'm gonna read this uh, this email. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So it might be a little bit. It's a long email, but, you know, we're not doing anything else right now, right? All right, it says, I'm usually, I'm not usually one to reach out to folks who, to let them know how I appreciate, let's try this over. I'm not usually one to reach out to folks to let them know I appreciate what they're doing. I trust you get that often enough. I don't actually. But given my own journey through faith, I was feeling inspired. I learned your podcast of your podcast after the David after David Bazan tweeted about the episode he was on. Your processing music through belief series has been fantastic. Of all the Christian musicians I listened to as a youngster, Derek Webb and David Bazan were my hands down favorites. I know you dropped a phone number for listeners to call, but I'm not around a usable phone at the moment. I hope this is okay. Yes, Marshall, it is. I was raised in an odd situation: single mother who struggled with drug dependence and mental illness. Oldest of four kids, generally tumultuous upbringing until I was 11. My mom and a relatively new stepdad got into an inebriated fight, not infrequent, that ended with my siblings and me staying at a friend's house overnight. Long story short, mom never returned and we were sent from Fresno, California to Seattle, Washington in 1992 to finish the summer break with relatives. Summer break came and went and thanks to the graciousness of my relatives, I had a new home. I'm incredibly grateful for. My aunt and uncle, with whom I lived, were stable, nurturing, loving, and very plugged into their church. Within a year of moving up there, I was involved in youth group, choir, mission trips, and all that stuff that convinced me God was the ticket to fulfilled existence. I went through the the seemingly typical adolescent rebellion phase, never did anything too bad, then eventually dedicated my heart to Christ at 16 years old. My investment in the church quickly increased to the point nearly all my time not in school was spent there. I was the youth group worship leader. I led small groups, organized coat and blanket handouts in in downtown Seattle. I was committed wholly. Through the youth group, I met the woman who would become, and still is, my wife. All this time, I was a huge Pedro slash Bazan fan. Given my dedication, people I'd play Pedro records for were often surprised I was so into him. My reasoning for being so enamored was that he wasn't afraid to express his, his truth and his songs put a voice to the struggles many Christians experience but are perhaps too afraid to say aloud. After graduating high school, I felt God calling me to attend Northwest Nazarene University. I was a member of Aurora Nazarene. My girlfriend joined me there. 
through observations of other, quote, Christians, including students and staff, as well as digging deeper into philosophy and religious history, I began to feel more safe expressing my concerns about the church, of what there became many. I finished my, high, my freshman year feeling like my faith had progressed positively and returned my sophomore year as an RA in the very freshman dorm I'd been in. While checking new students in, I was introduced to a freshman who played me played the guitar and had mentioned wanting to jam with somebody. We started hanging out, showing each other some songs we'd written, and we eventually became very close friends. We'd stay up till 3 a.m. talking about religion, related stuff most people actively avoid. And while I started off actively defending Christ, I slowly found my faith was beginning to crack. What if I were born in Saudi Arabia? Am I, are we really more special than those people? What about the innocent kids who die of starvation? How can, an, how can an omnipotent and omnibenevolent God allow that to occur? How convenient that we've come up with excuses to cover all these faults. By the end of my sophomore year, my girlfriend, bandmates, and I decided we'd ditch NNU and enroll in an in-state school, Western Washington University, the primary reason being to save money. I was at a point where I'd accepted my faith had changed, but I still believed in the Christian God, but this didn't last too long. Having a conversation with a Christian friend of mine, he pointed out I was adapting God to fit my perspective. Fuck. He was right. I couldn't deny it, and this realization was the final wedge. I began to think about the history of Christianity, how just a few decades ago most denominations considered things like dancing and drinking a sin. However, modern Christians scoff at that, at least most I know, nearly all who have guiltlessly parted with me. How can an absolute God evolve such the such that right slash wrong are relative to modern culture. I realized I wasn't worshiping an absolute God, but rather an image I'd created based on one, what I'd been led to believe by those I love and trust, and two, what would allow me to live in a comfortable way. I, quote, came out as agnostic to my girlfriend in 2002. She was sad but committed to me. We were married in 2004, and by 2005, she admitted to me she had abandoned faith altogether as well. We've since had three kids, started a very successful careers, bought a house, and live an incredibly wonderful life. For all intents and purposes, we're blessed. These days, we neither consider ourselves agnostic nor atheist, though we maintain absolutely no belief in any sort of higher power. Love is our God, and that's enough. We've no resentment towards the church. We maintain loving relationships with our Christian friends, as well as those from other faiths, and we even call Christmas, Christmas. I still listen to Pedro the Lion and David Bazan and Derek Webb and T.W. Walsh and so many other aspiring musicians regularly. So he runs a brewing and beer website, brewlosophy.com, and they've uh, just started up a podcast, so check them out. Check them out. But Marshall, um, thank you for this email. It's too long to read on the normal show, but um, you know, hopefully as more patrons come in, they can hear your, your story. And I know that I'm going to have him on uh, the podcast to, to share his story uh, in full. So um, and it's a couple cool notes I've received. Um, it's great. I mean, I never imagined I would have people contacting me and telling me their stories and um, and thanking me even for helping inspire them to kind of, you know, question things and, and, and for them to feel it's okay, you know. Um, I, I haven't had too much pushback from hardcore like fundamentalists yet. 
<laughs> I expect as more people hear the show and, and more, you know, subjects I cover, I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen. But, um, just personally hearing from people and then becoming friends with them based on their stories, um, is, it's pretty phenomenal. Like it really, it really humbles me that people actually listen and, and, uh, take, take this stuff to heart and want to start up a conversation about all this. So anyway, uh, well, I think it's gonna do it for this, uh, this diary, diary. I want to thank you guys for, for listening and there's a lot more I want to go into, (laughs) um, personal struggle, struggles here and there and stuff like that. Uh, family stuff. I want to cover that, but, um, that's for another, another diary. I need to write down my thoughts there because there's some heavy shit that I want to share, but I want to get the full story. So, all right. Um, until next time, everybody, thank you so much for being patron saints of the Armchair Philosopher podcast. I, uh, appreciate it with all my heart. Have a great week. Bye.